Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Uh, uh, we're going to be spending some time together today. I'm on my way to Franklin, Mass, for a funeral. My great-grandma passed away a couple weeks ago. I guess it's more of a, like maybe a memorial service. But, um, yeah, man, can't complain. 31 years old, still had a great-grandpa, or great-grandma, sorry, alive. My great-grandpa, I mean, they both lived to be, like, well into their 90s. My great-grandpa passed, I think it was, was it two years ago, I want to say? In the past two, three years, I, I think I've lost just about all my grandparents, but both. So I've lost a great-grandpa, great-grandma, a grandpa. We've got the two grandmas alive still, and they're they're kicking. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to like lose your life partner. You know what I mean? Like imagine being with somebody for 40 or 50 years and then one day they're just gone. Like, what do you do? What do you do? Where do you go? You know, it's it's like old people eating alone, man. Ugh, breaks my heart to see an old man. For some reason, it's like sadder when the wife goes first, for me at least. I mean, obviously because I'm a guy, but like... It's like, because I, I, I just think, like, the guy's supposed to go first. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it's supposed to be. So, it's almost like your child dying. God forbid, I couldn't even. Oh, dude. Like, when I see kids die in shows now, like, ch being a parent changes how you think, how you perceive the world, the risks that you take, the behavior that you engage in. Like, literally, being, being a dad has changed. Uh, so much for me, but I, I, anyways, I think it's I, I think it's really sad. Like you see the old man at the diner. It's like, oh, oh man, come on. You want to buy him a cup of coffee? You know, they sit there and talk to him, but he probably just wants to be left alone, or maybe he does want to talk. I don't know. Very, very, very sad. Very, very, very sad. Um, where was it go? Oh yeah. So anyways, I've got a two and a half hour ride there. I bumped all my meetings. I'm going to try to make it back by 6 o'clock tonight. Geneva's at home with the dogs. We got four up because my parents are here. So we got both shepherds, two ducks, five chickens, and a baby at the house. Geneva's there. My car, the Maz is... I got to get the Maz out of the shop. It's in a shop uh, uh, up here getting fixed. It's been fixed for like... Hold on. I'm going to pay this toll. You got to pay the troll toll get this boy so you guys know that it's always sunny song oh man howdy Hi. how are you all right have a good one be nice to people you know what i mean like be nice to the people that work in the toll booths be nice to waitresses and waiters you know what i mean like be nice to people be nice to the lady at the cash register you know just be super nice i always try to put a smile on people's faces, but uh, yeah, that it's it's always sunny. I tell you what, man, that's a great show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Now the problem with it is, is that I we used to watch that a lot when uh, I was coming up in the insurance game, and we were dead broke. That was like I get home super late from the field, and that was like my decompression. As Geneva and I would watch. It's always sunny and usually share a big bottle of very, very cheap, nasty red wine. <laughs> and uh, hold on, I gotta look at my GPS, see how long I'm 57 miles. All right. Um, 
Dude, I'm gonna be hitting Boston traffic probably in the morning. Oi vey! Boston, uh, dude, Boston is wild. You wanna, you wanna talk? I've driven in every city. Don't get, you know, New York City. I was just in Long Island last year. Uh, I've driven everywhere. Houston, uh, La Jolla, outside of San Diego, Chicago, uh, New York, New York, obviously, a lot of, a lot of cities, Tampa, St. Pete, although that bridge between Tampa and St. Pete, that sucks. Dude, Boston is insane. <laughs> Dude, if, if you wanted to teach somebody how to drive and you taught them how to drive in Boston, Massachusetts, they would, they would be... It's, it's the craziest testing and proving ground of your ability. Because here's the thing. Pittsburgh can get a little wild sometimes. Sometimes because of all the bridges. So, like, if you've got a GPS, Pittsburgh gets wild because, like, the GPS thinks you're on a bridge that's above you, but you're on the road below you. Like, anybody that's listening to me in Pittsburgh right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. Pittsburgh can get pretty dicey. You've got that one exit going into the city. Y'all know exactly which one I'm talking about. And there's like five different options. And you get less than 15 seconds to decide where you need to go and then cross possibly over five lanes of traffic to get to where you need to go exit-wise. My Pittsburgh people know exactly what I'm talking about, that, that spot. But Boston... It's a combination of tunnels. The tunnels make things really wild. Tunnels, bridges. It's like it's like Pittsburgh, but on like times ten. It's like Pittsburgh times ten. Tunnels, bridges. Um, dude, and, and the people very aggressive. Very aggressive. No turning signal use really. Very sudden lane changes. If you're not. If you're not doing 60 and a 45, you're going to have somebody all the way in your anus. Like, all the way. It's crazy. Um, so, if you're ever wondering, hey, should I rent a car if I'm staying in Boston? Dude, just Uber. Leave it to the professionals. Hopefully, you get picked up by a professional. But leave it to the professionals because Boston gets wacky. Plus, I've blown out two rims in Boston. The, the problem is, is these tunnels are full of potholes. And what's gotten me twice, not once, two times, I've spent probably six grand on rims and tires because of Boston. I used to go there a lot uh, to Encore, uh, which is my favorite hotel casino. It's a beautiful spot in Boston. They got two really good restaurants. It's where we had our leadership development seminar uh, when I was in the insurance game. We had a blast. But anyways... So, oh yeah, yeah, the tunnels. So you're when you go into the tunnel, obviously, and it's light out. Your eyes try to adjust. Well, it's it's a total crapshoot as to whether or not there's going to be a meteor a, a meteor hole. Would you as as soon as you get into the tunnel? So what's happened to me twice is I get uh, as I'm transitioning into the tunnel, my my eyes are adjusting to the light. Or a lack of light, and wham! And when you when you hit a pothole, I think my what are my rims? Twenty four inch rims. You know, you don't even have a tire. You just got a piece of rubber between your rib and your in the road. 
when you when you crack a rim, you know it immediately. It's such a jarring sound. And if you've never ridden on rims that big before, uh, it's hard to even describe. But you just know. You just know, dude. I I just picked my car up from an auto body shop in Boston, and I can remember I was on a call with the the team when I the the life insurance team when I used to work for the company, and. Uh, I'm driving and it's got brand new rims and I go into a tunnel. What? <laughs> brand new. I was literally went to Boston to pick it up because it got new rims on it and immediately it luckily it didn't crack, but it dented the hell out of my rim. Um you can't make it up. You can't make this stuff up. But uh so traveling, you know, I think uh I think it's a good I think it's a good thing to travel. Um, I'm not a big fan of cities at all. Um, I think they're gross. I, you know, they have a general distaste for the general public. Uh, but I, I think it's good to travel. You know, and this is something I've wrestled with with Ada. Is I do want her to be good with people. Being good with people, uh, you can't do anything in life without being good with people. Or you, I mean, you can do some things, but you're always going to be capped off right because and you see this a lot is you know these guys these innovators you know it, it's kind of like the team of scientists behind the one guy that gets all the recognition well why does the one guy get all the recognition when the team of scientists did all the work well I'll tell you why it's because he's good with people right so you have to be good with people and I think one of the ways uh, that you become you get better at dealing with people is you expose yourself to people Especially strangers. Especially strangers. Um, you guys got you gotta be you gotta learn to be good with people. You know, it, it, it's very simple. Like, what do you mean be good with people? It, it boils down to just charisma, and charisma just boils down to just being friendly. You know what I mean? Being friendly and making the other person felt heard and seen. That's all it is. That's all it is. Like I always when I'm a uh, when I go to uh, any store ever and people got name tags on, I always call the associate by their name. Thanks, Chris. Have a good day, Eileen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always going to refer to them by their first name. And what you'll find is, is when you're a repeat customer at these places, you'll get like the other day. The, sh the cigar shop I always go to gave me a, gave me a free uh, Padron hat. Got a free hat sweet black hat with nice cursive silver lettering. I was thrilled. Like, oh, you're in here all the time. We all we all really like you. And they always put, they always make sure that my cigars are in stock. And if they start getting low, they'll put them off to the side just for me. The meat market that I go to, the ladies there, oh, they're so funny, man. But I try to make their day every time, you know, because you're in like a cold, damp meat locker all day long. That can't be fun. You know what I'm saying? So I always try to be really friendly to them. And what do they do? They set aside uh, cuts of uh, the Wagyu that they get in that they usually sell right out of immediately. They say they always save two for me. Always. Like, hey, Mike, do you want that Wagyu? That's what we set two aside. Of course I do. They give me free samples. And, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, look at me. I get free stuff at the meat market. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is 
is when you treat people well, they'll treat you well. And we don't treat people well. There's been plenty of circumstances and scenarios where I've been very friendly to somebody and I can't crack them. They just, they're stuck in their rut. You know what I mean? I don't get any kind of special treatment. I can think of two or three places I go that it's like that. But generally, like people just want to feel appreciated. They want to feel like they're a human being. And we've all been to some degree treated like a commodity in today's society. And people are often uh, just flippant and and impatient with people that work in these, these jobs, these service industry jobs. So if you're super nice to people, man, uh, it stands out. It makes a big difference. It makes a big, big difference to these people. It really does. And like I said, you'll reap the reward. You're a regular at some of these places. You know, I can remember uh, the restaurants. Geneva and I don't go out to eat as much anymore. Um, But like when we were in Pittsburgh, we went out every other night. And there are a few restaurants, man, they would save us a table because they knew we were kind. I wouldn't even have to call uh, like, I'm thinking like Napa Prime was one, you know, the, the owner would come out, sit down at our table, talk to us, Jimmy Wands was another, like, owner would come out, give us free tequila, top, top, top shelf tequila, you know, there's, there's a lot of places where we used to go, and, and why? Well, yeah, we spent a lot of money, that was, that was back in my flexing, my flexing days, making eight, nine hundred thousand a year in insurance, you know, and you want to look good, and it's a, it's a status game, and, um, but we just treated people really, really well, uh, the guy, the, the valet was always super careful with my car, put it in the best spot right up front, you know, always tried to park it next to the Rolls Royces and stuff like that, and I just, uh, very appreciative of people uh, because I think they're appreciative of how I treat them. You know, you got to treat people well. And I think people expect maybe looking at me like, I, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I think I, I think I probably look a little intimidating. Uh, like we had our, our meeting last night. Uh, we had another meeting for our firearms development company. And uh, we sat down with this, uh, we, we hired an expert. We hired an expert, sale. he's going to be our sales director and firearms expert. This guy knew everything there was to know about guns. I mean, you, you name it, he knew how to do it. He knew how to make, he had built a bunch. I think this guy's got like 150 guns. Uh, and uh, if this guy doesn't get his big, goofy, what are you doing? Get out of the left lane. We're doing 68 and a 70 and a three. Yo, get out of the left lane, Arkansas. No wonder. Gotta get out of the left lane, man. What are you doing? Come on, bro. Bro's just cruising in the left lane. Just cruising. Yeah, get over. Thank you. So what I do is when somebody's doing that, I don't know if they're just not paying attention, if they're oblivious. Like, bro, you're from Arkansas. You better get right because you're heading towards Boston. You're going to get eaten alive. (laughs) What we were just talking about. People are going to be throwing Dunkin' Donuts coffees at your car if you do that in Boston. Guy's just trolling in the left lane. He's doing 68 in a 70 
the, this is four lanes and he's in the far left lane. So what I'll do, my wife hates this, so I, I don't do it when she's in the car with me, but when I'm solo, I'll pull in front of him and I won't brake check him. I'll just slow way down. Like I just slowed down all the way to like 58 miles an hour and he, what's he do? He moves over. Everybody applauds. Such a hazard, such a hazard. Like if you're gonna be in the far left lane when there's three or four lanes, you better be doing, I mean right now I'm doing 10 over. You gotta be doing 10 to 15 over, at least, at least. But yeah, so <laughs> it's funny how we could get into a road, ra road rage incident while discussing being friendly. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the thing. But anyways, you know, I feel like people, uh, so what was I, oh, I was talking about the firearms guy, but yeah, we hired a new firearms expert and a sales director. And, uh, dude, I'm so excited for this guy to start with us. I'm so, I'm so excited for this. We've had, guys, get this. So remember how I talked about, uh, synchronicity, um, the Carl Jung book. And, uh, that's who it was, by the way, Carl Jung, uh, Freud's understudy. And if you hadn't listened to that episode, I talk about how when things just seem to coincidentally happen, it's, you know, Carl Jun talk, talked about being, uh, that being synchronicity. Like he said, uh, he was talking to this lady who, uh, one of his patients that kept having dreams about scarab beetles, and a scarab beetle flew into his window of his office while they were talking about this dream. So like stuff like that, synchronicity. Um, our first meeting that we had for this company, we, uh, super interesting, uh, some guy, one of the waiters overheard us talking and he came over and he's like, dude, you know, I'm ex-military, I've been deployed, blah, 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 blah. He's like, that is such a good, he's like, dude, that is such a good idea. And he was just, you know, he was really beefing the idea. So we're like, oh, awesome. Nice. He was a big gun guy. What are the chances that our waiters, a big gun guy, and he thinks we've got a great business model. So this dinner last night, this couple gets up next to us and they go to leave and the wife comes over and she's like, I just gotta tell you. She's like, there is just something special about you. And she's like, I, I, I watched you pray over the meal and you don't see men doing that anymore. And we need more of that. We need more men that pray. I just, you know, I was so touched by watching you bless the meal. Uh, you know, not everybody prays in public and, you know, she was just going on and on. She asked if we were in law enforcement. I'm like, no. Um, and, uh, it was just, it was just a super interesting experience. She's like, she said, I'm going to pray over you and just, uh, you know, and then I had the lady at the LD, uh, 1619 hearing that like was basically prophesying over my past and my future. It's just really cool things like that have been happening and I 100% believe that the closer that you get to God and the more in tune that you become spiritually the more that you're going to get indications that you're either on the right or wrong path because both are equally important both are equally important I'm going to be stopping here at the Kittabunk Service Plaza we're going to Kittabunk gonna go out to Kennebunkport and see the gays. A lot of gays in Kennebunkport, I think. I think that's the gay spot. Hey, if you're a big gay boy, go to go to Kennebunkport. That's where I'm going right now. So what does that make me? You know, go to the service plaza. 
but yeah, it was just cool. But going all the way back to what I was saying before, I think people think that, uh, you know, expect me to be mean because I'm big and I got a big old beard and, a, and like a shaved in giant mohawk that I'm growing right now and a full sleeve tattoo. You know, I think I dress in all black all the time. And when you're just super friendly to people, it just, it, it, it's like you can see the surprise uh, in people's faces sometimes. <laughs> Like, I don't think that they expect me to be nice for some reason. I think they expect me to be mean. What are you doing? Yeah, they just drive through the middle of the parking lot, lady. Dude, this. <laughs> I follow this guy. And he's all the time. He's like, women belong in jail. <laughs> women belong in jail. That's his battle cry. Uh, all right, I'm going to pause you guys. Hold on. Dude, it's teenage girls these days are animals, bro. There's like a bunch of kids here. I don't know, at high school age, like 20 of them. And uh, there's a group of girls and I'm walking and I hear, daddy, daddy. <laughs> and I turn around, they're all looking at me laughing. <laughs> like you're gonna, I don't need that energy right now in my life, please. There's gonna be another news article. <laughs> like, no, no, stop, don't, don't look at me. Oh, out of service? Trying to get some gas. But I need a gasolina. I need no gasolina for you. Because you're out of service. No gasolina. Oh. But, yeah, so, you know, even in there, super friendly with the lady. You know, and she's like, I'm like, what's going on today, Deb? She's like, well, I'm pretty frustrated. One of the other cashiers. Why would you put a... Okay, hold on. Alright, back again. Back again. Let me get rearranged here. Let's see how many miles we got. Okay, 35 more. Okay, we'll be here for a while. I don't want to lose track of time. You guys are just going on an adventure with me today, that's all. I stopped and got a chicken salad wrap, too. I don't feel myself today. I feel very strange. They wrapped the paper into the wrap. Interesting technique. I wanted a mouthful of paper. Mm. Nice, dry, service stop chicken salad, baby. <laughs> wow. You guys are going to have to listen to me, too. I just spit all over myself. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Daddy. Wait, no, 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 no. No, no, please, please, please. <laughs> no, you don't understand. Don't Google me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> what a wild ride my life has been not just even the past two years like the past ten years <laughs> I feel like uh, I just feel like I've lived a lot of life already man <laughs> I'm like tired <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> 
Some days I wake up and I'm like, I swear I'm like 50 years old. Like, my body's pretty healthy, but uh, you can feel it. When you hit 30, I can remember my old mentor, like way early on when we used to work out together in Pittsburgh. Him being like, dude, wait till you hit like 35. And it's true. As soon as I hit 30, the weirdest, like, almost immediately, can't drink as much without having an absolutely gnarly hangover. Like, I had like three tequila drinks last night at dinner with the boys. We were there for like three hours. Bro, I feel like trash today. Trash. I'm still chewing that first bite. I'm still going. Guys, what has it been? Three minutes now? Holy smokes. I'm still chewing. Okay, wow. I was chewing that whole time. On one bite. Yeah, so like the the alcohol thing, I gotta part ways with alcohol. I've said that many times. And <clears throat> I hate these guys that pretend to be perfect. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I don't drink. I hit the gym every day at six Me and my wife are perfect. Like everything's perfect. You know, I, I I try to be like, oh, we got a Biden sticker. You know what that means? You know what that means, boys? gonna run this guy off the road veteran oh yeah yeah right what are you a veteran of lady smoking cigarettes with her windows up veteran <laughs> she looks like a vet that's for sure not a veteran of war but a veteran of life <laughs> she was in rough shape dude you know if somebody's smoking with their windows up things are not things are not going well that's a, that's a telltale sign. Or really even smoking at all in the car. I think if I see somebody smoking cigs in the car, even windows down, I'm like, yeah, that, that person's that person's riding the old struggle bus. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's not indicative of like, uh, yeah, hey, I'm a happy person. Like, if you're ripping bogues in the car, you're pretty upset. <laughs> you're very upset. <laughs> Like I can remember when we were in the field race, this guy Ray and I, we used to just smoke cigs in the car because the field sucked so bad. Drive two hours away, drive around for 10 hours selling life insurance or not selling life insurance depending on the day, and then drive two hours back, dude. You just, that, that wears on you. That wears on you. So you smoke, so you smoke cigs in the car. <laughs> That's what you do. I, somebody might be listening to me right now, smoking a cig in the car. I'm like, listen, I feel you, man. I've been, I've been there. You're gonna get through it. You're gonna get through it. I promise. Now, if you're smoking with the windows up, it's done. That's whatever you were gonna get through. You, you're in it and you're staying there. If you're smoking with the windows up, if you are smoking cigarettes in the car with the windows up, there is no hope for you any longer. You have given up. There's no chance of redemption. Anyways. <laughs> so, what was I saying before I got accosted at a rest stop? Oh, uh, boy. 
no, we were talking about being nice to people. Yeah, yeah, so I was super nice to the cashier in there. Deb, still remember her name. But she just, you know, kind of opened up to me and stood there and talked to me for about two minutes about how she was frustrated about another cashier putting things back the wrong way. <clears throat> and I could tell by the time I left her, she felt way better. She got to talk to somebody. She had a big smile on her face. Like, that probably made her whole day. So you got to be nice to people. You never know. You never know what people are going through. Usually, if I'm mistreated by somebody for no reason, I'm like, oh, I try to be very understandable. Like, what's this person? What's going on behind the scenes here? What's what's what, what's wrong? You know what I mean? Something's going on. So I try to be understanding of people. Because you never know. You never know what somebody's going through. They could have just lost a parent. They could have lost a kid. God forbid. Could have lost a brother or sister or a friend. Or maybe they got a really bad health diagnosis. You know what I mean? You just... People are so wrapped up in their own little worlds with their own little problems that they don't stop to think like that. Like, when you're mistreated for no reason by somebody, it's very easy to just take it personally and get mad and, you know, return that same energy. I can't tell you how many... This Barstool Sports Electrolyte drink? Interesting. Yeah, Barstool Sports. Interesting. Um, I can't tell you how many hostile people over the years I've been able to defuse. Because, look, again, the default for most people is just return the energy. You know what I mean? Be hostile right back. I would encourage you I just ask people, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. What's going on, man? Did I do something to bother you? Did I do something wrong? Is there something I could help you with? And you approach people like that, it disarms them completely. Because they're expecting, and it makes them feel like a jackass, too. Because they're expecting you to get all up in arms. Some people are just looking for a fight. Because they're frustrated and they're mad, you know. And when you come back with completely different energy, man, it disarms people. And what's the benefit of doing this? What if you never see this person again? Well, you just think it's good karma, man. It's just what you should do as a person. There aren't a whole lot of nice people left. People aren't generally nice at all. And uh, I think that's a really easy way to kind of stand out. It's just to be nice. You know what I mean? Just be nice to people. Because people expect everybody to be rude and gruff and mean and angry. And when you're just genuinely nice to somebody, I think it's a, a, it really does. It can change somebody's whole day or even a whole week. You know? So. What else do we want to talk about today? I mean, I got a, I got a ways to go. I got another two hours to go. And this is coming off of a, a road trip back from New York. That was ten and a half hours with a pregnant wife, a four and a half month old baby, and a German Shepherd. We, they all did great. They all did great. Ada did amazing. She's just such a good kid. She's such a smiley kid. She's just always smiling, and but she's also like you could see very pensive and maybe and aggressive isn't the word. 
she just uh, she knows what she wants and when she wants it. You know what I mean? And it just she's like her dad. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I think she's going to end up. I'm already seeing more of my personality in her, and I think Geneva would agree. I think she's going to end up looking more like Geneva for sure. But I think she's going to have a lot of my personality, which is my personality in a woman, I think, is terrifying. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be real interesting, especially when she's a teenager. Imagine me as a teenager and a girl. That's not good at all. I've just, I've already been praying, you know, I've already been praying for patience. I've already been praying for grace and my delivery. I've already, you know. And who knows, she might be just an absolute sweetheart. But uh, by the way she furrows her brow and the way she looks around trying to figure everything out, uh, I got a, I got a pretty strong inclination of what she's going to be like when she's older. Um, and it'll be great. I can't wait. Because she'll be able to do anything she sets her mind to, just like her dad. Anything. And uh, my job as a father is, you know, to remove obstacles for her. That's why I get so mad at this trans nonsense, this big, stupid, gay, fag, trans stuff. Uh, I get very upset with it. She says, oh, did you say the I sure did. I don't care. I'm, I'm using slurs for these people now. we got to go back to slurs. we got to go back to hate speech. we got to go back to shaming people. Oh, what about Christ-like love? Well, it's my duty as a Christian man to tell you that you're going to hell. And you're messing the world up. Um, anyways, I get upset like this uh, this dude that wins Miss Netherlands. And you put this man's picture next to uh, the picture of uh, this, the runner-up who's an actual woman. And it's not even, you know, it's not even close. It's a joke. This dude's got these big goofy ears and their teeth all, his teeth are all crooked and nasty. And you've got this, this, the runner up was this absolute bombshell, beautiful girl. And he wins first place. Not because he's the most beautiful. No, it's all woke bullshit. Every, this is what I said before. They're telling you to ignore your own eyes. This is a woman, and not only is this a woman, but it's the most beautiful woman in the Netherlands. <laughs> Such a, it, it, that's why I get mad, because that is an opportunity that was stolen by a mentally deranged tranny. Stolen from that woman. Somebody's daughter, you know, pageantry's tough, man. Somebody's daughter worked very hard to take second place to some deranged dude. And I think about that and I think about my daughter. Like, what opportunity are she gonna is she gonna lose out on? Because dudes wanna play dress up now and chop their dicks off. You know what I'm saying? I I I, I just pray to God that I never see a dude in a dress going into the restroom or locker room with my wife or daughter. I I really don't want to go to jail. But I think that would push me. That person, that person, I'd have to paralyze that person. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's how it would have to be. You, some, you, until we start doing something, man, 
And I'm not saying to run around paralyzing people. What I am saying is that we have to we have to up the ante here with the outrage and at least get organized. We need to at least get organized. And I have some ideas for this, but I don't want to talk about them because there's probably feds listening to this and the feds will infiltrate. Because they want they the, the powers that be, the the gay lizard baby eaters want us all to be in this situation. They, this this is orchestrated. None of what's happening is an accident. It's all purposefully done. There are people that we don't know by name or face. We don't even know that they exist that are pulling the strings on the rest of the world. Oh, it's Soros. Oh, it's the Rothschilds. Oh, it's no. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. I think they're straight up demons. Or the Nephilim. Could be the Nephilim. I hope I don't disappear. <laughs> you know, start talking about the Nephilim, I'm going to wind up in a cave somewhere upside down. Um, I think people underestimate the amount of risk I take on talking about the things that I talk about. And talk, I've already had things held against me that I've talked about. I've already had adjustments happen in my life, to put it that way, for legal purposes. Because I'm outspoken on important issues. They're, they'll come for you, dude. You want to be like me? You want to be vocal like me? I don't think many do, but if you do, just understand they're going to come for you. They're going to come for you. They're going to attack your family. They're going to try to tear your family apart. They're going to come for your job. They're going to come for your friends. They're going to come. They're going to come. <laughs> they're, they're going to come. I don't need to say that again. That's a big bird. What is that? We got ourselves either a vulture or, yeah, it's a vulture. Big vulture. You should see it. We've got a vulture that flies over the house all the time. I don't know what he's looking for in our house. I think there's something dead under the porch. And then, you know, we shoot a lot of squirrels out of the trees, too. So maybe it's that. But the girls, the, the ducks, will run and hide under the porch, which is very encouraging to see. Because the chickens freeze. The chickens just freeze up in the middle of the road. I'm like, get, go hide. You know, sometimes they'll run. But sometimes they freeze. It's like their fight or flight freezes for a second. And uh, the ducks, on the other hand, they'll go running. They'll go running underneath the porch and hide. I'm like, that's that's smart. That's what you should do. Let me check my GPS real quick. All right. Cruising along. Cruising along. What else do we want to take? I wonder how many of you have kept for the duration of this episode. How many of you are still with me? After uh, 40 minutes of rambling. It's just so dry. But I gotta eat. Recently, if I don't eat enough, I'll get sick. Like, like nauseous. been the most influential person in your life? Think about that for a second. 
for me, I don't know. I've had a handful of very influential people. You know, um, the first one that comes to mind is my old mentor in business. Actually, the first one that comes to mind is my uh, my old wrestling coach, Coach Lee. That guy uh, really helped me in a lot of different ways, especially with my work ethic, man. The hell he used to put us through, I'm so thankful for it now as a grown man. My dad, like I said, my old business mentor, I'd say those would have to be the top three. Those would have to be the top three mentors, or at least influential people in my life. What about you? Who are the most influential people in your life? Think about it. Reflect on that. And why. And sometimes the most influential people in our lives were influential in a bad way. There's also that. Um, Alright, well, you know, I'm going to stop the app for a little bit and end this episode. I love you guys. Let's get it.